You're listening to. And welcome to Books and Boba, a book club and podcast featuring books by Asian and Asian American authors. My name is Marvin Yue. And I'm Rira Yu. And we are here today for our August 2021 book news episode. We'll be going over the latest book and publishing news in Asian American literature. Um, Rira. Yes. It's almost the end of August. What's that going is on? true. Um, I'm a little bit amazed and also kind of horrified that school is starting for a lot of kids out there and with the <laughs> pandemic i'm like i don't know i don't know about this um obviously it it depends on like your town and how safe and strict they are with with their uh with their uh protocols but uh just reading news about a lot of kids getting covid because they went back to school that's a little bit concerning yeah it seems it just feels like you know what everyone just just chill a little bit stay at home read a book everyone's in a hurry to get back to normal but we've read I mean, enough what post-apocalyptic pandemic books to know that things will never be normal again right yeah i mean the normal has changed our status quo has, has to change with it i mean like my my youngest brother he's starting high school in a couple of weeks and uh, from what i know he is the only disabled kid who has gotten vaccinated in his class mm. um and like i understand because you know like having kids with uh disabilities and autism like it is a challenge to to um get the care that they need and i trust that the school will like provide for them but it's also just like i don't know like this this is kind of terrifying at least he's going to high school and everyone who is in high school is of age to get the vaccination it's just a question of did they get the vaccination yeah, yeah. um your family's in california right yeah, they're in Irvine, so okay. uh, relatively safe. But I am, I am a very like paranoid person. We actually had to uh, postpone recording an episode because of this issue of like you me know being in a meeting and being like, "Yo, what are like, what's the deal?" <laughs> like, you know, this week has just been a very cursed week for podcast producing um i also produce other podcasts um as a profession and this week's just been full of like mic hardware issues software issues recordings going like ghosting on me like basically you it recorded but when they exported it was blank and we don't know where the recording went um zoom changed like updated itself and then so my backups don't work anymore. So I have to go in and change all that. It's It's been a cursed week for for me as a podcast producer. Yeah. Hopefully this yeah. recording goes A-OK. <laughs> but the thing is, like, we haven't had recording problems when it's just the two of us because we've been doing this for so long. Now. That's true. But now yeah. that you said that, something's going to go wrong. Oh, no. Marvin, mm. I always have a backup. So... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, well. All right. Well, we yeah. have a lot 
of book deals to cover. Yeah. Um, so it's a good month for book deals. Um, so let's get to it. I guess I'll go first. So Tor Books acquired world English rights for a fantastic new modern Asian fantasy trilogy, Ebony Gate, Blood Jade, and Tiger Eye by author team Julia V and Ken Babel. Uh, the Phoenix Horde trilogy is scheduled to kick off in 2023 with Ebony Gate, pitched as female John Wick in a San Francisco Chinatown filled with dragon magic. The book follows a retired assassin wanting nothing more to do with death, who is then dragged into a deal with a Shinigami, a death god, because a gate to hell has been torn open. <laughs> this sounds pretty cool. Uh, I am all for books that have you know, Asian hell in it. I don't know. I feel like we need more like Asian demonology and uh, death lore in, in the Western canon, I think. You know, Asian afterlife, Asian hell is, I feel like is a lot more interesting than like Western hell. Cause I feel like, yeah, there's a like lot more Dante's Inferno involved, right? has, has nothing on us. Yeah. I mean, Asian hell is full of like bureaucrats and like politics. It's like pretty, it's pretty messy in there. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, if if you've read the uh, Ghost Bride with us, you'll you'll know that the afterlife, the the Chinese <laughs> afterlife, is is full of politics, full of cues from what I've seen depicted in like Asian media. Um, but yeah, this sounds really cool. I'm always down for more Asian inspired fantasy. Um, Tours, uh, you know, known for its sci-fi uh, fantasy. Um, output and it's pretty cool that Julia and Ken um, got their deal for a whole trilogy. Congratulations. Yeah. All right. Our next deal. Feiwei and Friends bought Contemporary YA Fantasy, a copy shop in an alternate universe by friend of the podcast, CB Lee. Um, when two polar opposite girls hit it off at a coffee shop, little do they know that what should be a meet cute is actually the symptom of an impending catastrophic collision of the multiverses. And their romance plunges them into a race against time to prevent the collapse of their worlds. The book is set for spring or summer 2023. I mean, I'm all down for books that take place in a coffee shop. And if you throw in some Doctor Who drama in there, <laughs> I'm like all for it. And especially uh, with it being like a queer romance as well. Yeah, like I'm super excited for this. And I also like... Uh, tweeted it when the book deal was announced because I was like, I can't wait. And this book is coming out <laughs> in 2023. All right, next deal. Underline bought fireworks by Alice Lin and Alison Romig will edit. In this YA debut, Lulu Lee is ready for a fun summer before heading off to college. But when her next door neighbor, Kite Shu, returns home from South Korea for the first time after making it big as a K-pop star, their old friendship picks up and turns into something more. Publication is planned for summer 2022. Another K-pop book. This this is becoming a very big trend. It's it's becoming a subgenre in itself. <laughs> I mean, growing up I don't know if it was the same for you, but it was always a thing where you said if you wanted to make it in entertainment, you had to go to Asia. You had to go and participate it's in still like, like that, though. the Korean, the Taiwanese like pop scene to to make it big. And I, I know a couple of people, not personally, but people from my high school who did just that. And so, I mean, it's a very I don't it's, it's actually a pretty common storyline for our, you know, community. 
but to see it now being um, put down in page and distributed to the masses, that's pretty cool. Yeah, actually, if you go to our bookshop affiliate page, we actually have a list of K-pop and K-drama books uh, <laughs> if, you're, uh, if you're into that. Actually, funny enough, uh, I have a couple of friends who were K-pop trainees, uh, <laughs> and like I think I think like two of them actually pivoted to acting, but um, yeah, just hearing some of the stories is like it's like really intense. But uh, overall, Koreans are very intense when it yeah. comes to pursuing your dreams. I feel like the Korean version of that story is way more as you said, intense than like maybe the Taiwanese version it, it, it of it. It is really intense. And I really hate the fact that uh, like the Western journalism world have kind of demonized K-pop as like the dark side of the industry. But Western entertainment also has hey, a dark side of the industry. I've seen that Instinct documentary. It's yeah, the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's messed up. But, but the thing is like, it's really intense training, but Overall, like it, like it's Asia. You're gonna do whatever, whatever it takes. It's the same thing with studying for like the college entrance exams. You just do like you just do what is necessary. I feel like that's I'm endemic sure to a whole other set of problems with like our culture of like overachieving. Yeah, overachieving. <laughs> I mean, that is a whole different topic. But I'm just saying, it's not just K-pop or entertainment. It it's like an entire culture. <laughs> All right. Uh, congrats to Alice on her book deal. Uh, next up, Bloomsbury acquired at auction. She is a haunting by Trong Tan Tran. Um, this YA coming of age ghost story sets a girl's navigation of her Vietnamese American bisexual identity against both the dark legacy of colonialism and a blossoming summer romance when she visits her estranged father in Vietnam and learns that the house they share is haunted. Publication is scheduled for winter 2023. Wow. It feels like they're trying to do a lot of things here, but they all kind of fit together. Yeah. How many houses are there that are haunted by colonial ghosts? Yeah, Probably a lot. Of, I feel like this can be a whole new genre of like gothic horror, right? The ghosts of colonialism, imperialism, and war in like war-torn countries where the West came and kind of just took everything, right? Wasn't there, um, I don't know if it was a Netflix show. It probably wasn't because I haven't seen it, but there was like... It was like a ghost story about uh, Japanese internment. Uh, yeah, folks. but that was more of like a remember. vengeful ghost story. I am all down for like a Vietnamese American version of Crimson Peak because <laughs> that's what it sounds like right now. <laughs> yeah. Sounds awesome. All right. Next deal, Cartwheel acquired in a three-book deal world rights to Not an Egg, Not a Pumpkin, and Not a Heart by Susie Lee Jin. Novelty books about shapes that are not what they seem. Publication is scheduled to begin in spring 2023. So novelty books, I imagine these are like gimmicky type books? like Yeah, like... um. Some of them are like pop-up books with features that kids can like touch to like help with uh, sensory. I'm not sure like what the age uh, <laughs> demographic is for this book, but that's usually what novelty mm. books are. Interesting. All right. Uh, next up, Penguin Paulson bought world rights in a preempt to We Shall Be Monsters, a YA fantasy duology by Tara Sim. It's pitched as Mary Shelley meets Indian mythology in which a young woman desperate to resurrect her sister escapes accusations of witchcraft 
by joining a group of rebels on the condition that she raises their rightful prince from the dead. Publication is tentatively planned for spring 2023. We have some spooky books that are coming out in 2023. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I didn't see the genre in here, but it seems kind of like a, maybe like a fantasy. Yeah, it's like a YA fantasy horror. duology. Right, right, right. Yeah. I remember <laughs> God, Marvin, like process what you read. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm all down for more spooky books. Uh, there's... There's a bit of necromancy in here, witchcraft, all for it. Yeah. Uh, congratulations to Tara again. All right. Clarion Books bought world rights to middle grade debut Extracurricular by da- Diana Ma. The novel is about 12-year-old Lily Hong, who enters a talent show with her friends in a desperate bid to save the struggling community center that houses her family's Chinese school. Publication is planned for fall 2023. Diana Ma, we had her on the show. Uh, we talked about her book, Heiress Apparently, where a Chinese-American girl finds out that she is royalty or descended from royalty. <laughs> I love this um, this story because it's like it's it's basically like every other Saturday morning, like after school special, like afternoon special. That's true. But like. Asian, which is which is always which always makes it better, right, Rira? I mean, like families Chinese schools. I wonder if uh, the family's income comes from Chinese school. I don't know. As a kid, I really hated like Saturday school. I hated going to Korean school. <laughs> so, like the idea of saving like your after school community like no personally no but this is this sounds very heartwarming and you know what what is the talent show like what is the talent she's going to uh showcase at the talent show i'm i'm very curious (laughs) yeah congrats to diana on her book deal all right next up orchard books acquired world rights to the wave writers a picture book biography of chinese artist ai weiwei and his work surrounding the refugee crisis by author jana ho um the author of Eyes That Kiss in the Corners, and illustrated by Katya Chen, winner of the 2020 Gold Medal from the Society of Illustrators uh, for her work on The Bear and the Moon. Uh, publication is set, uh, publication is planned for fall 2023. Uh, Joanna Ho also has another deal with Carper Collins, who acquired an exclusive submission, Say My Name, a picture book written by Joanna and illustrated by Kwa Lei. Um, Say My Name is about the beauty, meaning, and history behind the names of six different characters and the importance of saying names correctly. Publication is scheduled for fall 2023. Uh, Congratulations to Joanna having two deals. That is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, Especially with, um, like, I'm interested in the wave writers. I'm all down for more uh, picture book biographies, like, kid biographies <laughs> on Asian and Asian American figures. And funny enough, the uh, Say My Name picture book, we actually talked about uh, names and the importance of pronouncing them correctly with Andrea Wang in our previous episode, because uh, that is just that was like a big theme. So Marvin and I have a lot of thoughts on yeah. name pronunciations. <laughs> yeah, congrats to Joanna on on continuing her career of writing amazing and much needed children's books. 
All right, next up, Little Brown acquired in a preempt Kokoro by Christine Mari, a YA graphic memoir of growing up and negotiating her place in two worlds, America and Japan, while navigating the mental and emotional legacy of being a hafu, half Japanese, half American. Publication is scheduled for fall 2024. Um, yeah, graphic memoir. Graphic memoir. Also a great way to tell a story because then you can have visual representation of Asian faces and voices, which is also pretty cool. Yeah, I also like the fact that this is a memoir about being mixed race uh, because I feel like when we say Asian representation in literature, a lot of people have like a set uh picture a mindset like usually they think like east asian when they think about asian american asian representation but uh there are many different branches in terms of uh, what is defined as asian yeah congratulations to christine um next up scholastic has acquired in a preempt debut middle grade fantasy the scroll of chaos by elsie chapman following a girl who travels to the realm of ancient chinese deities to save the planet from a world-ending flood only to discover the people she loves most may be beyond saving, unless she can steal the realm's immortal magic. Publication is tentatively planned for spring 2023. Uh, so is there like an actual scroll in in like Chinese mythology in terms of like immortal magic? I'm asking because this seems to be based on something. Um, I don't know. <laughs> so maybe, probably. Maybe. I mean, it's obviously chinese inspired but i don't know if it's like it maps to any existing chinese mythology i was just curious <laughs> all right next up quill tree bought why we went extinct an illustrated encyclopedia of the species that just didn't make it by tokyo zoo's science communicator tadaki imaizumi and zoology writer takashi maruyama Originally a bestseller in Japan, this dark yet whimsical full-color middle-grade nonfiction collection is composed of monologues from the animals that have gone extinct through the ages. Publication is set for 2023. I actually don't know that many species that have gone extinct, other I mean, than, like, dinosaurs. <laughs> the dodo is all I can think of. Oh, I guess the dodos, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, it seems interesting and also a little depressing. Um, here. Have a book of animals we'll never see in real life. But it's important. It's, you know, it's about like protecting our environment and, you know, poaching is bad. <laughs> All right. Next up, Little Brown has acquired YA debut novel, The Next New Syrian Girl by Reem Shukairi. Uh, pitched as Furia meets I Am Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter. The book is about the unlikely friendship between a Syrian-American boxer and Syrian refugee. The pressures and expectations of being the perfect Syrian daughter and the repercussions of the Syrian revolution, both at home and abroad. Publication is set for winter 2023. Sounds very interesting. Um, yeah, I'm I mean, we've, we've read more. a couple books that have revolved around the Syrian revolution um, and the refugee crisis that resulted from it. And it seems like a very, especially in like today's world, especially like what's, what's been happening the last, like literally the last few days, I think it's good to have literature that puts you in the perspective of you know, refugees and the people who are affected by events that happen abroad, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But congratulations again to Reem. 
All right. Next up, Holiday House Neil Porter Books acquired world rights to picture book Nine Eyes Mountain, written by Livia Blackburn and illustrated by Joey Cho. A girl visiting Taiwan has the chance to experience her grandmother's former home through her eyes, and in the process gains a deeper understanding of their shared heritage and connection. Publication is set for spring 2024. Yeah. I think my, at least on my dad's side, we still have the house that um, that they grew up in for like two, three generations. Uh, <laughs> it's very rare because like it, it was the legit countryside. And then over the past decade, like when I visited, it was just a bunch of apartment buildings everywhere. And it became kind of like a transportation hub. So it's just like, oh, we still have this farmland, but like <laughs> everything around us is is like super modern. Yeah, my dad's uh, first house, my grandmother's first house with my grandfather, doesn't exist anymore. It's um, it got paved over to build condos back in like I think the seventies, and I think my maternal grandparents' house they were also knocked down to make a giant park in Taiwan. So. Uh, <laughs> both their houses don't exist anymore. Well, that's that's the story of industrialization, I yeah. guess. <laughs> All right, next up, Clarion Books bought world rights to Rani, a picture book written by Sadia Faruqi and illustrated by Anusha Saeed, about a modern South Asian princess living in a bustling castle by the sea who goes out seeking an adventure and finds a friend instead. Publication is planned for spring 2023. Yeah. Awesome. More more Asian princesses because <laughs> we definitely need more of them. <laughs> yeah. Give us all the all the princesses. Our next book deal, Peachtree has bought world rights to Hooked on Books by Margaret Chu Granias and illustrated by Christina Litton. The picture book follows a grumpy anglerfish who wants to read in peace, but she keeps getting interrupted by noisy neighbors, so she swims deeper in search of the perfect quiet spot. Publication is scheduled for summer 2023. This sounds, uh, this character sounds very much like myself. Do you relate when, to the grumpy anglerfish? Uh, yes, because a lot of the time, actually my neighbors moved out, but they <laughs> they were very loud and I would be reading and I'm like, please shut up. I just want to <laughs> read my book for this podcast in peace. So I totally uh, mm. relate. Okay. Quiltree acquired Cafe Con Lychee by Meet Cute Diary author Emery Lee. Uh, it is a dual POV enemies to lovers contemporary rom-com following rival sons of competing family businesses, a Puerto Rican bakery, and an Asian-American cafe. And they form an unlikely alliance running an underground coffee and boba shop at school after a new fusion cafe threatens their parents' stores. Publication is slated for... 2022 man i love this setup um I yeah <laughs> it's um i love it when it's like the enemies or like i guess like rivals are from competing businesses yeah. I, I don't know it just like adds a little bit more drama to it when like financial uh safety is Put on the line. And I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, but when they say new fusion cafe, I'm thinking like cultural appropriators coming in and like taking the business, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, um, I'm trying to think like a, a couple years back, there was like there was like a fusion restaurant that tried to fuse uh 
sushi and pizza together, they're like, oh, yeah, this is this is sushi pizza and you eat it with your hands. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, people just eat like that's just sushi spread out and it just makes it very messy to eat. I don't think it did very well, but yeah. we, we know how it goes. Sushi right? pizza, maybe not the big brain move. Sushi burrito, though, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty legit. Pretty good. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a bigger sushi. Um, all right. Next up, Pay Street has bought Direwood, a debut YA gothic horror novel by Catherine Yu. In Direwood, 16-year-old Aja, whose sister Fiona, disappears when a strange weather, when a strange weather event isolates their town must put her trust in a vicious but alluring vampire if she wants to see her sister again. Publication is scheduled for fall 2022. Yo, we were just talking about gothic novels. Like, yeah. yes, yes. Um, <laughs> Our vampire is coming back. Is, is, is I, it? <laughs> I was just about to say that. Our vampire is coming back. <laughs> I thought we got rid of them a decade ago. I'm all, I'm all for more vampire stories. I just want it to be different kinds of vampires, you know? I feel like we've just kind of seen the same type over and over again. Um, vamp- Asian vampires are pretty awesome. Um, there, there was this K drama a couple of years ago, and it was set during the Chozon Dynasty period, or I guess like right before around around that time when like Silence of Bones is set, and uh, the main character was like a vampire, and it was just like super cool because you don't see vampires in that time setting. So, um, but this sounds like a modern, um story but i'm still down for more (laughs) vampires yeah all right candlewick bought world rights to picture book at the window written by hope lim and illustrated by chin lang a special connection forged between a girl and her neighbor shifts the child's perspective allowing her to see things she had not previously discovered publication is set for spring 2025 yeah sounds Do you like I maybe it's just me living in LA because people in LA don't talk to their neighbors, but I feel like the concept of for, forming a relationship with neighbors is still so so unfamiliar to me. I don't know if it's just an LA thing. Um yeah, like ever since like stranger danger became a thing in American households, <laughs> yeah, like like knowing your neighbors is not is not the norm. Yeah, but I have no problem making friends on the internet. So, you know, who am I to judge? <laughs> um, but yeah, this sounds cool. This sounds like a good, uh, a nice picture book to teach um, kids about friendship and accepting differences. All right, our last book deal. Little Brown has bought world rights to two picture books by Rocky by Rocky Mershandani. Um, the first, My Diwali Light, follows one girl's family tradition as they celebrate Diwali, uh, to be illustrated by Supriya Kelkar. Publication is set for fall 2022. Um, the second book, Mama's Roti, focuses on the life-giving force of roti, where it comes from, the farmers who make it happen, and what it symbolizes to a family in America and India. To be illustrated by Shreya Gupta. Publication is planned for winter 2023. Hey, um, that's cool that yeah. Supriya Kokar is um, an illustrator on this. Yeah, yeah. We had Supriya on our show before. She came on to talk about her book, American as Paneer Pie. Um Yes, I am really like more Diwali books, please, because we need more picture books that uh, 
explain our holidays to Asian Americans because not a lot of us know about our own origins in terms of of holidays, where they come from. Yeah. And yeah. And like, more books about our cultural foods, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like knowing where it comes from. Because I feel like we, overall, we don't know where our food comes from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Congratulations to Rocky on their book deals. And with that, that'll do it for our review of the latest Asian and Asian American book deals for August 2021. Um, let's move on to book news. Our first story is Time Magazine released their 100 best YA books of all time, and it featured quite a bit of Asian and Asian American authors, which is pretty cool. Um, the list includes Step from Heaven by An Nu, Persepolis by Marjane Satrapi, uh, American Born Chinese by Jean Luen Yang, Legend by Marie Lu, um, If You Can Be Mine by Sarah Farazan, To All the Boys I've Loved Before by Jenny Han, Ember in the Ashes by Saba Tahir, When Dimple Met Rishi by Sanya Menon, um, A Very Large Expanse of Sea by Tahereh Mafi, um, Darius the Great is Not Okay by Adib Khoran, The Astonishing Color of After by Emily XR Pan, Frankly in Love by David Yoon, Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me by Mariko Tamaki, the Henna Wars by Adiba Jagadar, and We Are Not Free by Tracy Chi. Lots of familiar names on yeah. this list. Uh, a some couple of them, books and Boba book club picks, too. Yeah, yeah. Some of them were book club picks. <clears throat> some of them we've had on our show. Um, I'm trying to think, like, who is our most recent? I think David Yoon was our most recent um, interviewee that's on this list. Yeah. Um, um, but... I, I like the fact that you see so many different genres here. You see fantasy, you see rom-com contemporary, you see graphic novels. Um, and it's also really nice that these books aren't from like the early 2000s and like the late 90s. They're actually like current books that came out within this decade. Yeah. I mean, as always, these lists are all super subjective. But the fact that 15 books are by authors of Asian descent, I mean, it's it's not nearly high enough. We should be at least double that, right? But I like that these lists are now, you know, it's not uncommon to see authors of color on these lists. Yeah, there were a lot of Black authors that was listed in this list as well. So uh, it is definitely a more diverse list than compared <laughs> to like five years ago, for example. Yeah. Okay, so our next story. Uh, Time Magazine published an article about Goodreads review bombing and scams. Uh, we've seen this trend happen with a lot of marginalized authors. Um, a bunch of trolls would go on Goodreads and threaten them with uh, one-star one star reviews saying, hey, if you don't give us money, uh, then we're going to ruin your career pretty much and then the other side to that is um, another aspect to that is marginalized authors who speak out against racism and ableism in books that are written by white authors and fans of that white author coming at the marginalized authors who spoke out in the first place and having their books be review review bombed so um one of the one of the authors that was uh, interviewed uh, in this Time article was uh, Rin Chupeco, the author of The Bone Witch. And we actually covered this story, I think, like a year ago. And uh, she called out Mackenzie Lee for signing her name in her book and also like other authors of colors books and said, hey, um, you know, 
you sh- there there is no consent to this. You are graffitiing over other authors' books, and I'm not sure like if that's right. Uh, I think it was a pretty tame and reasonable uh, comment. I mean, but yeah. <laughs> all, yeah, like, but a lot of people who are fans of Mackenzie Lee went on Goodreads and they just like put one star reviews. And uh, Rin Shipeko's, um rating went from like four stars to like two point five stars o- overnight. It was it was really really bad. And um, I have a quote here by by Rin Shipeko from the article. I've seen one-star reviews just because an author, often Black authors, criticize something online that they found issue with that has nothing to do with their books. A lot of authors don't want to talk about it publicly because that only increases their harassment. Um, so, yeah, Goodreads, they really need to, to fix this problem because I, I feel like so many people are just creating fake accounts just to do review bombing. Yeah, is there any comment from Goodreads on that article? Um there's a there's a couple they've said like okay, we're going to delete um troll comments, but they haven't come up with like a preventative measure hmm. um to prevent this from happening. Um Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is like the dark side of the internet, right? It's just the I mean, there we've literally read books about online harassment because it's such a, a such a thing and because you can be anonymous because it's such so easy to access right and the sucky part is like i'm not sure how important goodreads ratings are to the industry oh it is very very important a lot of publishing um professionals have said like have called goodreads a necessary evil <laughs> i like publishers authors and like book bloggers we're like none of us are happy with goodreads but it's how like it's it's how like the general public discover books and there is like a like i gu- i guess like when when a book goes on a good nah, when a book makes it to a goodreads list like the best books of 2020 um because they do like an annual roundup their sales go up these goodreads reviews that are written by prolific book bloggers they're also a really good way to promote books and it's you know there but there is like no safety in regards to the authors and yeah I, when i'm looking at goodreads for reviews i mean it just takes a, a cursory look at what the person wrote to know if it's substantive or not. But I know most people are probably t- just taking a glance at the overall star score and making decisions that way, right? Yeah, and I have issues with the star score in the first place because a lot of, for, for I mean, before I started this podcast, like my overall rating for books was probably three stars because three stars for me is like, oh, like it was a good book, but it's not for me. And four, like four stars in in my rating system was like, oh, I really like this book, but you know, I didn't like love it. And then five stars, like I really love this book. I'll recommend this to every single person that I know. So rarely, very rarely did I give books five stars. Um, ever since I started this podcast and realized how three star Goodreads ratings is it's not helpful. It's actually pretty harmful for authors. <laughs> I I've taken down most of them unless unless they're books by really, really big authors where it doesn't matter anyway. But 
I feel like there there should be a better way to rate books. And one of my greatest pet peeves about Goodreads is that there are a lot of reviews where the the reviewer says, oh, I didn't finish this book one summer. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you did not finish this book. You you do not get You're to say if it's good or not. In, in <laughs> reviewing, yeah. You you don't even go here. Uh, I mean, unless it's like, I did not finish because of X or Y or whatever. You know, like, the writing was too bad. I mean, even then, I say, like, you have no right to judge <laughs> until you finish reading the book. I Like, the only part where I would allow it is if it was super racist, super ableist. Like, there is, a subs- there is like, an actual reason where you did not finish the book, and it's because it was harmful. There just has to be a better way. I have no solutions. I am not. I am not a coder. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a publishing professional. I'm just saying, Goodreads, get your shit together and uh, figure this out because it's it's been a problem for for too many years. Yeah. Well, with that, that'll do it for our book news and also for this episode of Books and Boba. Reba, thank you once again for compiling all the book deals and news uh, for this month. Can you remind our listeners what we're reading for the month of August? We are reading Patron Saints of Nothing by Randy Rebay. And we'll be talking about it in the next two weeks. But in the meantime, we have some author interviews. Yeah, we so. have a ton of author interviews coming up. Um, man, if, I feel like we've read so many books because we've talked to so many authors. Um, this is like the most we, productive we summer I've ever had in terms of reading. I didn't include it in the in the news, but there was a survey by Publishers Weekly about the uptick in reading among um, among people in the second half of 2020. <laughs> so more people have been reading during the pandemic, yeah. which is very interesting. Awesome. Always great to see. Um, but on that note, um, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Books M. Bulba. And we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to Books and Boba. This podcast was hosted by Marvin Yue and Rira Yu and edited and produced by Marvin Yue. Follow the book club on Twitter and Instagram by going to at Books and Boba and engage with us on Goodreads on our Goodreads group. You can also check out past episodes of the podcast by going to booksandboba.com and by subscribing to us on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget, you can support Books and Boba and Asian American authors by purchasing books at our bookshop.org account. Check out the link in our show notes and also at booksandboba.com. Books and Boba is a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian American hosted podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from the Asian diaspora. Learn more about the collective and check out our fellow Potluck shows by visiting the website podcastpotluck.com. Thanks for listening. Brian, did you go to Saturday school as a kid? I sure did. Did you? Totally. Well, at our podcast, Saturday School, we don't teach a language, but we pass along the culture that we do know. And that's Asian American pop culture. Ada is a journalist, and I'm a professor and film festival programmer. We've watched a lot of great Asian American movies, and we want you to watch them too. Come listen to us as we look back at the pioneering films that have led us to today. 